Welcome to the Bible Foundations program. I'm your host, Jerry Smythe, and I'm delighted to have you here again today as we are on an excursion through the book of Genesis, understanding the foundations of God's truth so that we can understand God's picture and panoramic view of interaction with man over the centuries. Now, today's lesson is a critical point in history. You see, we wouldn't even know about the events that we're going to talk about today if God had not had those special men write down just exactly what he wanted written so that we would know the truth about our history, so that we would know the truth about man's relationship with God. For you see, today's lesson particularly talks about the characteristics of Satan himself and his tactics and the immediate result when people listen to him. Now, a lot of people have different understandings about uh, the Bible. A lot of people think they know a great deal about the Bible. They've heard about God. They've heard about Adam and Eve, and they've heard about the Garden of Eden, and they've heard about Adam and Eve's sin. And, of course, they've heard about Satan. But today's lesson is critical because God gives us the facts in his word of what actually happened so that we can know what took place and understand for ourselves how to know God, how to respond to him, what God accepts and what he cannot accept, what pleases him and what displeases him greatly. That's critical for us to know, you see. Our lesson today is taken from Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. And we'll go through those verses as we go along together here. So get your Bible close by and open it to Genesis 3. Now it's important that we understand right off the story that this is not a myth. That's what many people would have you to believe. That's what they'd have you to believe, especially about the first three chapters of Genesis. Because you, you see those first three chapters of Genesis tell us about God. God who always has lived, who lived in eternity past. He was the only one there before the beginning, and he began the beginning. And it tells us, too, that in eternity past, where Lucifer came from, how that he was made by God, and he was made to worship God, but evil was found in his heart. He was reasoning by his own brightness and wanted to take God's place. And so today's lesson is Satan's activity on the earth and how he has attempted to deceive mankind, and to throw God's plan all out of kilter. Never forget this one fact, my friend. Never forget this. Nobody ever fights against God and wins. Did you catch that? Nobody ever fights against God and wins. But let's continue on now and see what God would have to say to you and I as we review the facts of what happened in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Now let's just be reminded as we begin that God placed Adam and Eve in the garden called Eden. It was a perfect place. It was especially prepared for him. And there were no mosquitoes. There were no uh, thorns. There were no weeds. And uh, life in the garden was very, very pleasant indeed. Now, there were two trees that were critical in importance in that garden, and God told Adam what he wanted to know, uh, what he wanted them to know about him, and particularly he told them about the no tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There was also the tree of life, and uh, God put the tree of life in there for them to eat, and we'll see that uh, God had to keep them from eating that tree of life. And, uh, but right now our focus is on the fact that God told them that in the day that you eat, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that you'll surely die. 
Now, we've already established that God keeps his word. We've seen it in eternity past. And now we're going to see it right here on earth. The beginning of many times where the Bible proves itself and shows us a logic that's absolutely truthful and able for us to, we are able to understand it because God gave us an ability to understand his reasoning and then he gave us the Bible so that we could know him. You see, God loved man so much he really didn't want him to know evil. And that's why everything he made was good. You see, that's God's character. He and he alone is totally good. He's perfect. That's what it means when we say God is holy. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Well, that's our God, and that's how he's different than we are, you see? And we're going to see why that's so different than we are just today. Now, the scripture tells us that if man was to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that he would die. And then we were reminded that death means three things. First of all, death means that, and this is what God meant, that man would be separated immediately from God. Because, and that would be absolutely disastrous because, you see, God is the source of his life. You remember that God breathed into the body called Adam that he had made, and only when he breathed into the body of Adam did he become a living soul, you see. And so uh, uh, he, man would be separated immediately from God, the source of his life, and that from that point on he would no longer have friendship with God. And we see that friendship was God, uh, with God was broken when Lucifer rebelled in heaven and led uh, a host of the angels that were his followers in rebellion against God. And God was had to separate them from himself, for God is holy. And they were evil. Evil was found in their heart. And God knew what was going on inside of them, even before they carried it out. You see, God could not allow evil in his presence, for he's holy. Well, secondly, then, death meant that the body would die when the soul and spirit was separated from his body. And so we know that as physical death. But, oh, my friends, Satan has lied to us today and for centuries to make us believe that that's all there is to death. He wouldn't have us to know about the critical part of being separated from God, the source of your life. And then thirdly, man's body, soul, and spirit would be separated from God forever in the place which God prepared for Satan and his followers, you see, for Satan and those evil spirits that work actively against God. Now, we see next the loving hand of our Heavenly Father as he creates a wife for Adam. He takes the rib out of Adam after he puts him in a deep sleep, and he fashions a woman. For there was none that was to be found like that would be uh, able to meet and be the partner, the uh, co-worker, the companion that, uh, that the, a wife would be. And God knew that he needed a wife, and he knew just how to make what would be uh, so good for Adam, you see. Now, why did God create Eve? Because there was no animal that was suitable, and uh, because God loved him. And he did not want him to be alone. He said it was not good for man to be alone. And you see, God wanted man to have children. 
and he wanted him to have children within the sanctity of marriage. God ordained marriage, and he does not ordain other than marriage, you see. And so God puts right in that first chapter of Genesis, uh, second chapter of Genesis, verse 24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Now, folks, life in the garden was absolute splendor. It was paradise indeed. They had everything they needed, and most of all, God was their friend. He loved them, and they were happy. They were very happy together, Adam and Eve, and then they communed with God in the garden. You see, God had put Adam in the position of manager over all of God's beautiful creation. And there was no disease, there was no sickness, no pests or weeds or thorns. Adam's job indeed was very pleasant. You see, he, all he had to do to know what he needed to do next, in whatever the situation was, he only needed to go to God for direction. And God would tell him exactly what was best. You see, God has had Adam's interest in mind. That's why he created everything in the magnificence and in the splendor that there was in the garden, you see. And God had given Adam and Eve a variety of plants and fruits and vegetables to eat. There were no financial worries because their finances were unknown during that time. Everything they needed was provided. And Adam and Eve were able to communicate with God as well as with each other. You see, they had not sinned. So there was no hindrance in their communication with God or with each other. They had never argued. They had never hurt each other with words, nor had they ever done anything wrong toward each other. You see, they had a perfect friendship and fellowship with God as well as with each other. But now comes on the scene God's great enemy, the one who is now set as his purpose in hatred for God to thwart all of God's plans, to interrupt, to divert attention in any way he can from the glory that is due to only God. You see, Satan knew about God's warning to Adam concerning the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And because Satan hates God, he wanted to destroy man and woman whom God had made for himself, you see. Therefore, Satan planned to deceive Eve. Read with me in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now it's important to understand that this wasn't just some big old snake talking uh, to Eve. This was Satan himself who had entered into the snake. He was using the snake. He disguised himself as a snake so that he could specifically deceive Eve. You see, the serpent was more clever than any other animal which God had made. Now, Satan is a deceiver, and he didn't want, uh, he wouldn't, he didn't allow Eve to know that he was really the one talking through the snake. You see, the more that you and I learn from God's word, the more you'll realize how deceitful and wicked Satan really is. He knows that he's lying, and John 8:44 says that Satan is a liar and a murderer. And his name means deceiver, and it means accuser, and that's exactly what he tries to do. He tries to make what is good appear useless or evil. And he tries to make what is evil appear very good. You see, he tries to interfere 
and he tries to infer here that God is lying. And he knows only too well that God said what he said, and what he said was absolutely true. You see, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14 gives us a little bit more light on Satan, and it says this, And no marvel, for Satan himself is turned into an angel of light. You see, he delights in making bad things look good or evil things look good, and good things look evil. You see, this is what, he, what Satan was doing to Eve. He deceived her by coming to her in the form of a snake. Up until that time, animals had not been harmful in any way to Adam and Eve uh, or to each other. So Eve wasn't afraid of him, you see. Now, Satan still deceives people just like this. So stand by and watch what happens. You see, Satan's motives and his deceitful tactics haven't changed a bit. He's still trying to deceive and destroy people just like you and me. And he doesn't use a serpent like he did with Eve, but he uses whatever means and tactics that people will accept. Many times Satan deceives people by speaking lies right into their minds. Now, when Satan comes to speak to people, he doesn't usually let them know that he's the one speaking to him. He hides behind something else or other or comes in kind of through the back door. They think that the thoughts in their minds are their own, for example. But is that what... It, but it's really, you see, it's really Satan who's putting the thoughts in their minds. Actually, Satan himself can only be one place at a time. You, but you may remember that many of the angels followed Satan in his rebellion. And God removed Satan and his rebellious followers from their position of service to God in heaven. And these rebellious angels, uh, angels or serpents, or evil spirits rather, now roam the earth unseen. And they work with Satan against God and against men, against you and I. You see, these spirits are the ones who Satan uses to tell us lies in our minds. Now, Satan will speak to you even when you're listening to God's word. He may be able to do that, see? He may put a question in your mind such as, why should I believe the Bible? You see, Satan doesn't want anyone to know about the Bible or especially to believe it. He hates God, and he hates God's word, the Bible even though Satan himself knows it's true. Another part of Scripture says that the devils believe and they tremble. Sometimes Satan uses other people when he speaks to us uh, through here and tells lies to us. You see, he uses other people to tell those lies to us. These people may be knowingly following Satan, or they may just plain be deceived like Eve was. You see, Satan tries to make uh, following people look very attractive to us, even though following people is eventually the way of death. He tries to make us feel that we'll miss out on something if we don't follow along, and that it's more important for us to follow a wrong leader or a wrong crowd rather than to risk losing our friends or to risk doing what we know is right at the risk of losing our friends. Or Satan may reach to us through another area, such as our own pride. We may not want to identify with the crowd, but instead we may want to be more wise than everyone else and very independent and self-sufficient. You see, Satan has brought many people to destruction through the lie that says man can be independent of God and, to do, and, and that he can do as he pleases because he's so intelligent and capable. Does that remind you of anything? Frequently these days we hear about Satan worship and similar practices. 
Most people have no desire to follow these things that are obviously satanic, but many people are becoming involved in more subtle things that actually have Satan as their focus. And I just caution you to beware of things that, that look like they're powerful, but are not that uh, what God uh, indicates is his power in the Bible. You see, beware of anything that makes you look to a power other than God for the answers of life. Anything that exalts or give a, gives a good, pleasant, or attractive connotation to anything that really is evil. You see, games or music or other entertainment that exalt killing or lying or stealing or filthy language or even immorality. Anything that denies God's existence or even waters down the Bible. All of these things are really authored by Satan himself. Make no mistake about it. Satan is really the one behind trying to deceive and divert attention away from God and what he has said are his boundaries. Let's read chapter 3 verse 1 together again. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Why do you suppose Satan asked Eve this question? He already knew the correct answer. You see, he didn't care what God had said. He was testing Eve specifically so he could trick her. He was tempting, he was attempting to cast doubt on God's word. And this is one of Satan's favorite tactics. Let's read on Genesis 2, uh, 3, 2 and 3. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, if you look real close at this scripture, you'll see that Satan was already successful in confusing Eve. Her answer was not what God had said. He did not say that they could not touch the fruit. He had said that they must not eat of the fruit. You see, God's command was for both Adam and Eve. God first gave his command to Adam, and Adam apparently told Eve what God had said. But even though God did not give the command directly to Eve, the command included Eve. And whatever God said to Adam, he, uh, Adam uh, that also included Eve. Now it's important to recall that God doesn't have different messages for different people. The words in the Bible were spoken to, me, to people many years ago, but they're still God's word to each one of us today. God doesn't have different messages for different people. His message is the same to everyone and to all races and to all nationalities, to men, to women, and also to children. And whatever he says it to me in his word, he also says to you. Verses 4 and 5 read, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now here is the, one of the most common uh, deceitful tactics that Satan uses. You see, now he's actually calling God a liar. Did God really say that? Did you ever hear that, my friend? Perhaps you've studied the Bible along with others, and you've heard the question, and did God really say that? 
And that question rings in your own mind. You see, now Satan is calling a God a liar just the same way. He was no longer casting doubt, but he was denying the truth, which is another of his favorite tactics. You see, Satan himself is really the liar. He indeed is the liar. He said the opposite of what God had told Adam. He was saying that what God said was not true. You see, God had said, if you eat if you eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will die the same day. God meant that Adam and Eve would be cut off from God, the one who gave them their life. They'd be cut off from their source of life, who was God himself. God said, you will die. Satan says, you will not die. You see, Satan was lying and deceiving and causing Eve to think differently than what God had expressed already. Now, what was really behind Satan's lie? You see, Satan had rebelled against God's authority. He had sinned when he wanted to take God's place, and he didn't want to obey God anymore. He wanted to be independent of God and to rule his own life. Now Satan was suggesting that Eve should rebel against God. Satan was suggesting that she should eat of the fruit so that she could be like God in knowing what was good and evil. You see, Satan wanted Eve to believe that she wouldn't need God to tell her what was right and what was wrong. But here's the truth, folks. God didn't make people to live by their own ideas and thoughts. Did you catch that? God didn't make people to live by their own ideas and thoughts. God made us to be guided by his own word. You see, it doesn't matter what I think or what you think or what other people think or what Satan and his evil spirits say. The important thing is what God says. That's what's critical to you and I. Let's read verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. You see, Satan was successful in deceiving Eve, and she believed him. She believed that Satan was telling her the truth. She believed that she would be wise like God. Even though Adam knew that God had said not to eat, he chose deliberately to disobey God's command. Oh, my. We often say it was that woman, but my friend Adam knew better. This man knew what God had said, and he had told his wife, and now he comes along and decides to turn away from depending upon God. That's exactly what he did. In his taking of that fruit, when he knew better, he wanted to be independent of God. He wanted to decide for himself what was good and what was evil. You see, instead of God being first in Adam's heart, Adam now made himself first. He wanted to be his own boss. He wanted to do whatever he wanted to do. He didn't want God to rule over him anymore. Now, let me ask you the question. Did God have the right to rule over Adam? Yes, he did. God was his creator. Everything he had came from God. Uh, let me ask you the next question. Does, does God have the right to tell us what to do? Yes, all that we have comes from God, 
And he gave us our lives too, you see. All that we have and all that we are comes from God. And it's important to remember that God is faithful. He never changes. There's not a shadow of variation with him. What he says is going to come to pass. And now we see the result of what he has said would take place and how he demonstrates that to us in Genesis chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. And it says, And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Now what did God say would happen to them if they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? What did God mean when he said they would die? You see, he told them that in the day that you eat thereof, you will surely die. But my friends, we have not been told the whole truth about the death that took place there in the garden that day. You see, they didn't drop dead immediately when they ate the fruit. They were still walking around. They Suddenly, were... they were making themselves coverings out of leaves. Out of leaves, if you will. Does this mean that God, what God said wouldn't come true? Because they were walking around and making leaves and making a covering from them? Was Satan right after all? No way. You see, they were separated from God immediately when they ate the fruit. God always does what he says, and he never changes. He doesn't forget his threats to punish disobedience of his commands. You see, God is holy and he's righteous, and he demands death as the payment of sin. Now, why did their sin separate them from God? Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, But your iniquities, that is your sin, have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. You see that old deceiver? Satan said, You will not die. Well, they didn't die that moment physically. But folks, they died in a relationship that you and I know nothing about. We don't comprehend the relationship that there was directly between God's created man and woman and himself in the garden. That's some kind of life that you and I have not experienced, you see. We're born without that life, as we'll see as we lay further uh, foundations in the immediate future here. You see, but God says your iniquities, that is your sins, have separated between you and your God. You see, because God is holy and righteous, he will not continue in friendship with those who disobey his commands. He will not continue in friendship with Satan and those who disobeyed him before the foundations of the earth in eternity past when he created them. And he cannot, because of his holiness, continue the fellowship that they once had together and that we find that their relationship was severed. It was severed, my friend. They were not in agreement, and they were severed from that relationship that they had known, and we'll see the signs of separation as we go along here. God hates everything that is wrong, and he gives us the understanding of what is wrong, of what his expectations are, and he punishes all disobedience, and the punishment for disobedience and wrong is death. He says, in uh, Je uh, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. 
The wages of sin is death. That's the payment for sin. That's the only thing that can satisfy God's holiness is death when there's disobedience. You see, because Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they were cut off from their friendship with God. Their friendship with God was dead. They were no longer in oneness with God. They had taken sides with God's great enemy, Satan, and they too were now the enemies of God. Can you imagine how horrible it would be if someone that was a very close friend of yours turned away from you and began to follow the one who hated you and even who hated you so much that they wanted to kill you? Well, maybe some of you have experienced that. Oh, how heartbreaking when that happens and how heartbreaking to realize that this one that was your friend had now become your enemy. You see, that's what happened when Adam and Eve turned away from their friendship with God and began to follow Satan. Satan is God's great enemy. So when Adam and Eve turned away from God, they followed Satan and they too became the enemies of God. They too became the enemies of God by choosing to follow Satan rather than to choose to obey God and not eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They chose to eat of that fruit, and now they were separated, severed from their relationship with God. Now, in our next time together, we're going to talk about the signs of separation, the signs of separation, you see, and understand what took place in this garden, what took place when man chose to deliberately disobey God, knowing better, and yet decided that they wanted to know good for e and evil for themselves.